Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Today's topic is Despite Dream Killers. This past Sunday, my pastor preached out of the book of Nehemiah chapter 4, and his title was Dream Killers. In this particular chapter of Nehemiah, they are trying to build this wall and people are getting discouraged. When I came home from that church service, I hopped into my Amplified Bible. I got this as a teenager from my godparents, and I wanted to read some additional information. And the Amplified Bible, at the bottom, there's like additional commentary to help you understand what you are reading. And in that commentary, it talked a lot about how in life we can get discouraged, how we can have ridicule, how people can put us down, how we are criticized, but we need to stay uh, true Um, to our work. We need to keep working. We need to pray and we need to push forward. And that message really came to me at the right time. And it really made me think really heavily about the state of education and how I am navigating life as an educator. I've been an educator for nearly two decades and I'm at the point now where I supervise student teachers I have my own education consulting business where I have replaced my income and, 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 you know, let's just start there. Let's get into the topic from there. Dream killers. When I told people I was going to leave a good paying school administrator job to start a consulting business and go out on my own, I can't explain to y'all how many people told me not to do it, how many people put me down, how many people didn't think I could do it, they didn't think I would do it, and then the people who thought I was going to definitely do it, it was like, oh, (laughs) but your husband's the breadwinner, so of course you can go out and do this little business. And I'm like, do do this little business because I don't go and do anything small. It's going to be a big business. Like I'm speaking that into existence and I believe that. Um, And I was just really disappointed, disappointed. And it felt like daggers through my heart to have people that I respected, people that I loved, people I cared for, people I helped. Had, who had nothing but negative words to say about a goal I was trying to accomplish. And for me, I fell back on some principles I had as a kid. My dad had three girls. I'm the oldest. And he always raised us to be strong, independent black women. In particular, he raised us to not ever have the mindset that we had to depend on a breadwinner or a man to have the things that we needed in life. So when I decided to go off to start my second business, because the consulting business is not my first. When I went off to start this second business, I went off with the confidence, knowing that I could succeed and knowing that 
I could take care of myself, even in the midst of starting something. If Mr. Barnes was like, you know what, Shantae, it's been real. Peace out. I would have kept going on with my business and I would have been fine. Me doing my business wasn't contingent on my husband having a good paying job. Me doing my business was a faith and a realization of trusting in myself and my ability to be successful. What many people didn't know, my husband and I co-founded a business two years prior to me starting my consulting business, Blazing Brilliance. The first business I helped co-found was Brave Brothers Books. And it's been around since March 31st, 2019. And we produce diverse books for all readers. And we have been publishing books since then. We took a little hiatus during the pandemic just because there... Everything was just so delayed in getting things out, but we're rocking and rolling. Uh, Right now, we have people like applying left and right to be published, and our publication rate, uh, our acceptance rate of manuscripts is low because we try to put good quality. And what was interesting to me when I first started my uh, company, I had to pitch my books to different people. And one of the times I was pitching my book to a librarian who said to me that she couldn't tell that I was a new publisher because my books were put together well, put together correctly, and I had all the front and back matter that I needed, and the books were good. And I knew they were good. And that's not me being cocky. I knew they were good. Because I've been an English teacher for a long time, but before that, I have been a reader and writer. And people who read books, people who write books, they know a good book when they come across it. So there was no way I was going to put out trash. But that confirmation helped me know that to keep going, sis. So I knew all the things I had to do to, you know, file the paperwork to start a business, to, you know, what you needed to do to pay estimated taxes, what you needed to do to get federally trademarked because my publishing company is federally trademarked. My consulting business is also federally trademarked and the importance of doing so, of how to have your website up, how to contact people, how to write up contracts because you you better be doing business with a contract. Uh, So important and you especially better be doing business if the people you're doing business with our family and friends, because those are the contracts that tend to be the ones that um, have issues if there's something that's going to go down. So I'm doing all of these things, right? And despite the success I believe I am having, there are always these naysayers. naysayers. And um, during church, one of the things I do is I write down quotes that my pastor says and I share them privately on my private Facebook page and yes I know if you post something online it doesn't mean it's private but for me I have 143 friends on my private Facebook page which I know is pretty low for social media standards today but what my pastor said was so powerful I actually shared some of the quotes on my public Facebook page, which if you go to facebook.com, put that little slash there and do educator barns, you'll get to it. I put some of them up. And one of the quotes I wanted to share with you all is people who are parasites will suck you dry without adding any value to your life. And I had to shake off those parasites. And some of those parasites were my own family members. 
And that was really hard to do. But my pastor, he started talking about his own experiences and is talking about the fact that many of us will continue to go to see family members, will continue to help people who add no value to our life, who criticize you, who put you down, who actively work against your goals. And the moment I decided that I'm done with these things and the moment I got more focused, that's the moment like my businesses started blossoming. And that's why I'm sharing this with you today. Despite the dream killers, despite the people who try to block you, I want to encourage people to press forward. So you're probably wondering, okay, Shanta, that, that's, that's great hypothetical high level stuff. Like, how do I do it, girl? All right, so I'm going to break it down for y'all. Number one, you've got to know what your dream is. You have to know what you want to do. So when I think about education, I knew as, at, at a point in time that I might be good at doing something other than teaching. I love teaching. I never saw a day that I wasn't going to teach. I thought I was going to start teaching in the classroom and retire from the classroom. But I had people in the school building who were coaches and they kept saying, Shantae, people keep using your resources. People keep coming to you for advice. You should coach people. I was like, coach people? You mean work with adults? Interact with grownups? I like talking to children. That's where the fun's at. I like seeing that aha moment. I like seeing that spark. Grownups, oh, they're messy. <laughs> and over time, I'm like, fine. So, you know, I, did, I taught English for eight years. Then I transitioned into being an English as a new language teacher. And when I did that, that role innately came with some coaching, even though I wasn't trying to coach people. Because if you know anything about people who are... Uh, multilingual learner teachers, uh, English as a new language teacher, uh, English language learner teacher, because there's so many acronyms for it, ELL, MLL, ENL, all of that means you work with people who are linguistically diverse and their first language is not English. If you work, with, uh, if you work in that role, you know that you work with pretty much any teacher in the building that serves those kids. And so you have to learn how to work with each of those people. And you have to sometimes coach those people on how to best support those students. And I was forced into a coaching role without really signing up for it. And then when I had that opportunity, I'm like, oh, people were right. I think I'm kind of good at this. So then I transitioned into literacy coaching. I did that for three years, school librarian after that, and then a school administrator. Well, while I was a school administrator and, a, and in particular a literacy coach, I kept being asked to come do these jobs. Shantae, can you make this resource? Shantae, can you talk to this teacher? Shantae, can you do this presentation? So I started taking off time from work. So using my personal days to go somewhere else to do a, cons a consulting job where I was getting paid. And when my dad was still alive, you know, during the pandemic, I was like, dad, like, this is crazy. I'm thinking about starting this business, but I don't know when is the right time. And my dad said something to me that stuck, stuck with me to this day. He said, Shantae, a lot of people, when they want to start a business, they have an idea, they go do it, and they hope they get the business. He said, you had a reverse problem. You're not even trying to start a business yet. You haven't started a business yet, and you have people seeking you out. And when my dad said that, it was like all the things clicked. 
Um, and I hadn't made my mind up and I made my mind up like Jan- like December 31st, 2020, January 1st, 2021. My dad passed away on January 2nd, 2021. So he never um, got to hear my decision because I was actually going to go see him on January the 3rd because I had had major surgery three weeks prior to his death. And I'm like, man, Bob, like, you know, I'm going to do it. So I sat down and said, Shantae, if you're going to start a consulting business, what is the dream? What is the vision? What are you trying to accomplish? So I wrote down what all my skills were. And so then I did something else. I needed some help. So I'm going to move into number two, even though I haven't finished number one, which number one is, you know, identifying what your dream is. I knew I needed some help. So I reached out to two people um, and asked them to be my mentor. They are successful education consultants. And I told them all the stuff I I could do. And my one mentor said, yeah, so what's your elevator pitch? No one wants to hear about the laundry list of all the things you can do. What are the things you do well? What are the things you want to go and continue to do? So from that conversation, I was able to go back and finalize my dream. I knew I wanted to open an education consulting business uh, with the purpose of empowering minds one resource at a time. And that is my tagline. Whatever schools need that was in my skill of expertise, I wanted to provide it. And my expertise is literacy, multilingual learners, developing professional developments uh, around you know, school culture, um, administrator development, helping new teachers and coaching teachers who need help and coaching mint. Uh, you know, master teachers who've been in the classroom for a while and helping with garden education and outdoor spaces because I believe strongly that students should experience learning outside. So now that I got my vision down, you know, the next thing, like I just said, you have to have mentors because there's nothing that any one of us trying to do that hasn't been done before. We need, we need mentors and we need good mentors. I've had mentors come and go. And sometimes people are a good mentor for a season, but they're not um, going to be there when you get to the finish line. So and a mentor didn't really understand what I was trying to do or they didn't have the skill set that I needed to do. So maybe they had the skill set at the beginning of part of what I wanted to do, but they didn't have the skill set later. I said, you know what? Thank you for your service. I am eternally grateful, but I, I don't need this particular mentorship anymore. And what's been interesting to me, some of the people who I reached out to be uh, my mentors um, now are some of the people that I mentor in other areas. So when you think about mentorship, age shouldn't be a thing because just because someone's older than you doesn't mean they got the wisdom. Just because somebody's younger than you doesn't mean they don't have the wisdom. Some of my mentors are younger than me. Some of my mentors are people I reached out to because they understand these things out here that I understand. I'll give you a tangible example. Social media. I'm decent on social media. You know, I've been on social media since we had MySpace and you had to have a college email address to be on Facebook. So, um, But now y'all keep bringing out all this new social media stuff and I'm not trying to be learning this stuff. But I know how important it is to amplify yourself across these platforms. So many times I'm, I'm trying to find someone who's younger than me, who I see is using social media well, to teach me basic skills so I can use it more effectively. I am not trying to become an influencer, but when I got on TikTok, y'all, it took me hours to figure out how to stitch a video. See, I'm not even trying to become an influencer. I just wanted to know how to stitch this video. So asking 
a youngin how to do it, save me some time, then I can make my little stitch and go about my business, right? So I, I told you that you have to have your dream, you have to have a mentor. The third one is the one that people just don't want to hear. So I want y'all to, 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 to listen closely. I'm going to pause to make sure you're focused. Do the work. <laughs> That's it. Do the damn work. People think that if you start a business or you, start, or you have a goal in education, maybe your goal in education, your dream is to write a book. Or maybe your goal is to move up into a coaching role or move into an administrator role. People think that it's just going to happen. You know, I, I've been here. I've been in this school for, for 20 years and I've had my admin license for 10 years. And every time the AP job is open, they don't never pick me. Well, damn, what did you do? Uh, like, I mean, that for real, what, what, what have you done to get that leadership role? What work have you put in? Let's see, you come in at work when your contract time starts. You leave when your contract time ends, which I'm not opposed to, but stay with me. But you don't ever volunteer for anything because that's when you may stay past your contract time, right? You may not be doing it every day. You don't sponsor no clubs. You don't show up to no athletic events. You don't volunteer to be on any type of committee. Because before you get to the, the, the big leadership seat, you got to show that you are a leader in the little leadership seats and some people don't want to sit in the little seats they just want to you know collect their 200 dollars go past go without doing any of the work right so you have to do the work you have to figure out and if i was going to put a sub point there you got to figure out the steps it takes to do the work to get to the place that you want to be i knew to be an education consultant i had to understand contracts I had to understand what money I would be paid out of. I had to understand Title II and when the funding comes down to the schools, when the best time is to pitch my skills, how to not lowball myself or ask for too much money that's not feasible. I had to figure out how to appropriately schedule my calendar to do all the things I needed to do. I had to figure out the things I needed to purchase. A lot of times, so like this morning, I made two feedback videos. I um, did observation on a whole special area department. And sometimes I do written feedback. Sometimes I do in-person feedback. And sometimes I do video feedback. So this morning, I had to have the equipment to do the video feedback, you know, to download the video, to upload a video, to send it to the teachers in a way that wasn't going to cost them any extra work on their end. I had to figure out invoicing. How do I... It, what should I use for my invoicing? Should I use QuickBooks? Should I use something else? When should I do my invoicing? I had to figure that out. I had to figure out taxes. What is this estimated tax business? I had to figure that out. I had to get a, a tax advisor to make sure I did that right. And then I thought, you know what, girl, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta trademark your stuff because somebody may try to steal your name. So I got a lawyer for that. So I reached out to some people and I reached out. I was on a board with this guy. He was a lawyer. He, he is a lawyer in patents. And he's like, I don't do trademark. And I said, I know that, but do you know somebody? And from there, he recommended three people. I found a guy who was my trademark guy. He has trademarked several things for me. But I had to learn those things. And then I had to sit down and do the work. Being an education consultant, I work way more than I ever did in the classroom as a, a coach or as a school administrator, but it's the most fulfilling work. It's, it's enjoyable. I can't say all of the years 
I spent in the classroom or in, in other roles were enjoyable all the time. But when, I, I, when I'm sitting here up all night, looking at lesson plans, helping code plan, making videos, creating professional developments, you know, being a thought partner to school administrators, my bucket is so filled. I feel so happy. I feel so joyous. When I see the success, when I see the data going up, when I see teachers improving, I feel good. And part of my dream, if I'm going back to the first part, you know, defining your dream, part of my dream was to feel good about how I was contributing to education. Part of my dream was to find joy, not find it temporarily, but find it permanently. And then my, my next point would be when it comes to uh, my topic of despite the dream killers, you have to learn how to stick it out through opposition. My pastor said during the sermon, if you have opportunity, it's going to be opposition. And people don't want to accept that. You have to learn how to stick it out when something goes wrong, when people question your authority. There's a particular school I work with, and there's a teacher um, who is very clear to me that this teacher does not like me. And anytime I uh, do any type of professional development, this teacher asked me a question to, to literally test me, to see if I know things. Ask me acronyms. Do you know what that is? Have you read this researcher? Have you read this study? Have you done this? And then when I'm presenting, because there's nothing like doing a presentation with somebody smirking at you, rolling their eyes, and just looking all over tarnation and not looking at you. But remember, my goal is to have joy and see at the end of the day, I'm going to be here. Like, I'm here. And I still have joy because I know I'm reaching other people. And younger me would have been like, why do you keep asking me all these questions every time? Like, what's up with that? Are you trying to say something? Like, I would have, I would have, you know, uh, um, old Shantae would have rose up. But new Shantae was like, Thank you for sharing that information with me. I don't, I don't get provoked anymore by, by nonsense. And I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, sometimes I would be provoked by things that people said, even if I knew they weren't true, even if I knew that they didn't matter. And what I've learned about learning how to ignore opposition and negativity and naysayers and haters, I have learned that I don't burn my energy. There is no value added back to me when I burn my energy on people being foolish, on people saying negative things. There's, there's no joy. There's no return on investment when I waste my time. And the time I waste doing tit for tat, the time I waste trying to approve myself, that's time I could be spending living in joy, living in the things that I want to do. And right now, education, whew, education, I feel it's on the battleground right now. We're banning books. We're, we are trying to remove protection from teachers. We are attacking so many things. And I believe the joy is lost. I believe there are a lot of people out there trying to kill the dreams of educators everywhere. They're trying to kill us from teaching the truth. They're trying to kill us for supporting students 
from different racial backgrounds, different um, ethnicities, nationalities, different sexualities. They're trying to stop us. They're trying to kill the dream. But I assert that if you have a goal, a dream that you have, and you, and you stick to it, and you get mentors, and you do the work, and you learn how to deal with opposition, you can move on. You can be successful despite the dream killers, despite the setbacks. And I know this episode is a little shorter than some of my other episodes, and that's intentional. Because moving forward, if I don't have a guest, because I will still be interviewing guests, I am going to do some shorter episodes where I am just talking. Additionally, I host another show called Ed Gems, and I'm going to pull some of those episodes and add them to the Brazen Education podcast. I will not pull all of them because that defeats the purpose of having this other show. But some of those episodes I know will be valuable to the audience that follows me through Brazen Education. So I won't do all of them. But there's been a few that people said, oh, you should really drop that on Brazen Ed because I would really, I have people that subscribe to this and they would really love to hear it there. And I don't think they're going to listen to both of the the podcast, which is cool. <laughs> no worries there. So there, there's some, there are a few that I flagged that I will um, port over to hear for your viewing. And there won't be as um, large gaps in between my episodes. As many people know, I am defending my dissertation very soon. And that ha- has allowed me to have this thing called free time. Uh, and, and to put it in perspective, like I have finished my dissertation. It is turned in so I can defend it. So I literally can't even work on it right now. And let me tell you, that it, 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 it was a process um, blood, sweat, and tears, but I'm glad I, I, I can like, I can finally see that light flickering at the end of that tunnel. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Brazen Education. And despite the dream killers, please press on. <laughs>